lawyer is a freaking, I was going to say bobcat, and that is not Lion. what I was. Lion. <laughs> I was thinking of the wrong animal. Her lawyer is a goddamn bobcat was, in the jungle. I was thinking in my head, I was going, wildcat? Wolf? I cannot believe I forgot to tell you this story. Oh, no. Yeah, that is how you should be reacting. Even though you have no information, it, it is an oh, no for me. So I got outed over Christmas to Andrew's family. They found out about the podcast. Oh, God. Do you want to know how they found out? Hit me with it. So Andrew's sister's boyfriend, John. Shout out to John. I don't think he listens. I think he only outed me and is not a listener. He found us on TikTok because once again, I forgot that my phone number is linked to the account. I have resolved that problem. Anyway, he found us on TikTok and I was not even there for this. This is when I was in Georgia. They showed up and he was talking to Andrew and John goes, so Lauren made it to Georgia okay? Andrew's like, yeah. He goes, so she didn't get lost? Andrew goes, no, she didn't get lost. And he said, so you're telling me Lauren did not get lost? And Andrew's so confused. He's like, no, I just told you she made it to her mom's. And he's like, so Lauren did not get lost. And Andrew's <laughs> like, what are you not? Oh, you've heard the podcast. <laughs> oh, God. So then he started to play it for Andrew's family. And I'm getting texts from Andrew, like, uh, you're going to get a lecture from my mother about what you put out on the internet. She says you need to watch your language. So, uh, John, if you are listening, F you. I'm censoring myself. F you, John. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story of how I, I shamelessly plugged our podcast over Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, God. No. So it's been a while since you've been to Thanksgiving on dad's side of the family, but I usually get tasked with at the end of dinner saying thank you to everyone who provided and like talking about how great it is that we're all together, which is way better than having to say the opening prayer. I'm glad that they never tapped me for that. Why would they ever tap you for that? You're they did. They did tap me for it one time because Abby had COVID. I'm sure they <laughs> learned their lesson. Yeah, I had to I had to Google the the prayer that we always said, and I had it on my phone just laying on the table. I was I was like, we all bow now, and I just stared at my phone. <laughs> I want you to know that that was such a huge fear of mine growing up because every year at every holiday they would like pick a cousin to lead the prayer, and I was like, please don't pick me. I never got selected. I think once they found Abby. They're like, let's just stick with that because, you know, she goes to Catholic school. She's got this shit down. They never asked me. Now I'm a little offended, but also I would have died on the spot. <laughs> I asked at the beginning of dinner, do I have to do that whole thing? Because I usually like doing it, but I always like panic at the last second because I don't know what to say. And it just kind of like comes out. And they were like, no, no, don't have to worry about it. I was like, cool. And then Abby forced me into it by doing the little like glass tapping thing and like everyone's staring she's like oh Zane wants to say a few things so I stand up and I'm just like oh you know 
Uh, glad that we're all here. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Bucks. That didn't work out. Um, and then our our cousin Emily just recently got married, so I like shouted them out. And then I was like, oh, and for those of you who don't know, our uncle was throwing the after party. See you guys there if you come. If you don't, follow us on Spotify, Lauren Gets Lost Podcast, which I thought was funny because like some people know about it. But that like caused a lot of people to come up to me and like, oh, you know, I followed you on TikTok, so I'm supporting you. And I was like, hey, I really appreciate that. Do you listen to the podcast? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, well, that's really the best way that you can support the podcast. <laughs> I, you know, you have to give people credit. I think a lot of people, I mean, grandma straight up told me she doesn't listen anymore. She's like, <laughs> I don't watch Lost, so I don't care about your podcast. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, well. Welcome back, everyone. To another episode of Lauren Gets Lost, I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. And today we're covering Season 2, Episode 2, Adrift. I now have to say which season. It was easier when we were just on the first one. I did not even know that was the episode title. It's not really like a creative title, really. They're just adrift. Yeah, I feel like it's fine. I know you want the synopsis, but you're just staring at me. Use your words. I just thought you could, you know, do it <laughs> just without prompt for once. You're, but you're you're the host. You drive the ship, you know, like I'm just the co-host. I just do what I'm told. Hey, Lauren, did you write yeah? a synopsis for this episode? Yes, I did. Would you please share it with the lovely people? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. The 20 countries that listen to us. We're up to 20 now? We're up to 20. Wow, I haven't looked in a long time. Okay, well, I should probably do it in all the languages. No, I'm just kidding. I, I only speak English. I'm a dummy. It's mainly English-speaking countries. <laughs> okay, but there's a lot of non-English-speaking countries. There's a lot of countries on here that English is not the main language. They all probably speak English because everybody is smarter than Americans, and they all speak multiple languages, but Yeah, they really up. should be teaching us from, like, a younger age. Okay. The only English-speaking Okay, I'm not even going to, I'm not, because I'm about to sound so dumb. <laughs> when you said only, I'm like, Lauren, I can think of at least five. No. Okay. The only one I was, okay, obviously United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Ireland. How many is that so far? I think that's at least five. No, let's recount. <laughs> Hold up. United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia. That's five. Fuck. <laughs> All right, whatever. That's still only like 25%. You distracted me. I'm supposed to be doing the synopsis. Here's the synopsis. Michael copes with losing Walt for a second time, and we get a tiny bit more information about the hatch. Yeah. I like to think of the first three episodes as just like one premiere because it really takes fucking forever for anything to happen in the hatch. This entire episode was just Kate's perspective of the hatch. Yeah, like, it. it's really just giving us, we're, like, backtracking, which in the beginning of the episode, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's like we're filling in the gaps. But then it ended in, like, the same space, in the same place yeah, for the I hatch. Think- and I was like, ah, I wanted more. I got some quick bits for you. I've never been more excited in my life. Repeat director, Stephen Williams. He directed All the Best Daddies. 
In this episode, Kate crawls into the vents and calls for Jack when the music is playing. If you listen closely, in the previous episode, Kate's voice can be heard ever so faintly. Hmm. Okay. The aquatic scenes took three days to film. Harold Perrineau was not a great swimmer, so during the hiatus, he took swimming lessons to prepare for this episode. Are you a good swimmer? I mean, not really. Neither am I. I feel like I'm a fine swimmer. I just am, you know, fat. Okay, I have to interrupt your quick bits for a story. Oh, God. Okay, as you know, I live in California, and it does not rain very often here. It's been raining a lot here, and people do not know how to handle it. So the other day, I'm about to go into work, and it's raining, and I'm like, oh, darn, it's raining. And then I get into work. They canceled our visits for the whole day. We normally drive out to people's houses. That's what I do for my job. They canceled our visits because of rain. And I shit you not, an hour later, the sun was out and it was dry the rest of the day. One of my coworkers was so annoyed. She came in late and she was like, oh, sorry, I'm late, guys. I had to kayak here through the hurricane. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought about that because you were saying you weren't a good swimmer, but we were all joking around in the office like, okay, who can swim? If we flood, who's going to save everyone? I was like, not me. I cannot swim very well. But I'm sorry. Just I was thinking if I told my friends and family back in Ohio that my day of work got canceled because of rain, they would all laugh at me. Now, I still had to work. I had to stay in the office and work. But like, they were like, oh, it's too dangerous to drive. You can't drive in the rain. It was like drizzling. (laughs) Back when I used to manage a Planet Fitness, we got hit with a really bad snowstorm. And everybody was anticipating the club being shut down because of the storm. But our upper management didn't pull the plug until after the storm had already hit and after a bunch of us were already there. And when our power got knocked out, because I was the manager, I had to walk around and kick everybody out. And these people were like, you know, one more set, one more set. And I was like, I'm sorry, sir. We don't have heat. You need to go home. (laughs) And I uh, called mom while I was locking the place up and our mother lives in Georgia. And she was just like, yeah, it's getting pretty bad here. I was like, what? A little flurry? <laughs> How did you even drive home if there was a Well, storm? the roads were kind of cleared. Like, at that point, the storm had already come and gone. It's just we were under, like, four feet of snow, and our building lost power. No, forget what I just asked. The real question is, why are these people working out in a snowstorm? I'm sorry. I see a snowflake. I'm like, oh, can't go. Cancel a week <laughs> of exercise. Anyway... <laughs> The flashbacks for this episode were originally going to be about Sawyer and the Tampa job that Tibbs mentioned in Outlaws. Scenes were filmed, but showrunner Carlton Cuse felt the story was not well conceived and shooting was stopped. The scenes were deleted and never released, and the flashbacks switched to the story about Michael. Which I, when I read that and then I watched the episode, I thought that the the scenes with Michael and Sawyer were really interesting because I feel Sawyer got a lot of development or maybe not really development, but like it felt equally about him. So it really could have gone either way. I don't really know if they altered the raft scenes that much when the flashback storyline was changed. You didn't listen to any of that, did you? I was texting, so I'm not sure what you just said about like any of it. Quickly recapping. 
the flashback was originally supposed to be about Sawyer. And oh, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> I got distracted. I think I have ADHD. There's this box here. And I was like, oh, why is that out? So I opened the box. I was like, oh, it's Andrew's watch box. So then I had to text him and go, why'd you get your watch box out? So go ahead and tell me over again. Editing Zane here. I told Lauren and cut it out. Okay, now that I am caught up, I'm going to give my two cents. I think that it's just you pay attention to who... That's not even true. I was paying attention to Sawyer most of the time. I could have seen this used as a Sawyer-centric because the way I was feeling about Sawyer in this was like, okay, he's in so much pain. And like, I was kind of thinking that he gets it, that he's kind of just letting Michael attack him because he knows the pain that Michael is in. And I might've just been making that up, but that's kind of how I felt that Sawyer was handling it. I did think it was funny. Sawyer's just like swimming around, climbing things, bullet in his shoulder the entire time. He's swimming, he's like, ah! Yeah. (laughs) Talk about physical trauma. And lastly... Apollo chocolate bars are a fake chocolate bar that was created for Lost. However, they have also appeared in Once Upon a Time, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Purge the Election Year, Dead of Summer, Squeegees, Insatiable, Scrubs, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. I Do you have any more information on this chocolate bar? Because it looked just like pure chocolate, but not like a Hershey. It almost looked the consistency of maybe... It looked chewy. It was full of nuts. So really? It says on the label. Yeah. Didn't catch that. When she bit into it, it looked. I'm trying to remember. I feel like there is a bar that I'm thinking of that I, I'm not a fan of. It doesn't matter. Moving on. It kind of looks a little bit like a protein bar, in my opinion. Yes. That's literally what I was thinking about. <laughs> I was thinking candy. It's, it's not candy. It's just a shitty protein bar. Oh, okay, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. And I'm not a fan. I don't like protein bars. You got so excited. I know because I thought, oh, there's no way I'll figure that out. It's just a generic protein bar. All right, let's get into it. Let's. The episode opens with Sawyer emerging from the water, and it's just chaos. The raft is on fire. The water's on fire. Walt is calling for Michael. Michael's calling for Walt. Jin is calling for anybody. (laughs) And Sawyer eventually finds Michael and pulls him onto a piece of the raft. He still has a bullet in his shoulder and uses that arm to pull Michael onto the raft and screams in pain. And then he pulls a jack and just starts slamming his fist into Michael's chest. Loved it. Meanwhile, we cut to Locke right after Kate disappeared at the hatch. He ties the cable to a tree and goes in after her. Let's just get out of the way now. What was your overall reaction to the fact that the hatch storyline did not progress at all? I feel like I was not frustrated until the end when I was like, oh, we're not getting anything else. Like, I feel like it piqued my interest still because with Desmond being like, are you him? Because now I'm like, who is him? And then they brought up the sickness. So we definitely got like more teasers, but we didn't really get information. Right. And then there's like the big question, how did Desmond get there? 
Yeah, but that was already yeah. last episode. Back at the raft, and I I refer to it as the raft several times in my notes, but let's just remember it's blown into pieces. <laughs> well, it's a smaller raft. It's a smaller raft. But back at the raft, Sawyer finally attempts CPR and mouth to mouth, and Michael finally comes to, immediately asking where Walt is, and Sawyer has to hold him down so he doesn't go back into the water to look for Walt. Thoughts on the CPR? Shitty. But you know what? <laughs> We're not going to fault him. He's not a trained doctor. Yeah, I'm going to say the shittiness of the CPR is probably accurate because Sawyer probably is like, I mean, this is probably how they do it, right? Yeah, Sawyer's never been trained in CPR and they're also on a raft. Like, he's not in the proper position. So I'm not even going to shit talk the CPR at all. It would be hard to do CPR on a raft, especially one that like is barely buoyant. You push down on the chest and you're just going to push him underwater. Yeah, you're not going to get any compressions done. But the mouth-to-mouth apparently is what helped in this situation. Like, whatever. But... Wouldn't it, like, if you fill the lungs Yeah, there, that's why and, I said okay. apparently. But it was like he did the mouth-to-mouth, and then he's like, <laughs> oh, I'm alive. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that is... I don't know anything about people drowning. I mean, if you inflate the lungs, you put pressure so the water just shoots back out, right? I will not comment, because it's, I'll be wrong. No matter what I say, I'll be wrong, and I'm so sick of being wrong on this podcast. I'm just going to say that, because I always... When I get bored, I take a water bottle... And I blow oh, into so. it and it pressurizes it so the water shoots out. So, like, wouldn't that make sense? Maybe. I told you, I'm not commenting. Devin, when you listen to this in like six years, please. By the way, I received clarification from Devin. She never said, don't bother listening to the podcast. She told her mom, don't bother trying to watch Lost because she fell asleep trying to watch one episode five different times. So she said, maybe just listen to the to the podcast. Yeah, Jackie did tell me that every time she tries to watch it, she watches it at night and falls asleep. And I was like, fair enough. But also, I don't know if I mentioned this last time. I think what Devin specifically said to her mom was, you don't have a lot of life left. Don't waste your time watching Lost, which is hilarious because she's not old. She's like, our parents' age, probably like 55. I don't actually know. I'm so sorry, Jackie. <laughs> she did say that. Devin and I go to trivia nights now. Kate told me, you just wait until we get a lost trivia question. If you fucking get it wrong, I swear to God. I would love that. We looked up to see if there was like a lost trivia event anywhere. Because I'm like, we should make the trip. It'd be worth it. We'd clean up. We get our first flashback. Michael meets with a lawyer to stop Susan from taking Walt to Rome. This is after Michael got hit by the car. He's got a cane and everything. And the lawyer says he's going to take good care of you, Mr. Dillon. And Michael corrects him that it's Dawson. His lawyer tells him that Susan wants him to relinquish his rights so Walt can be adopted by Brian. Which Michael kind of takes as a surprise, but we know that Susan said that. Yes. And I thought I was crazy. But then the conclusion I came to was, once again, this is not streaming time period. So it's just kind of like, okay, maybe people didn't already know this. That's the only thing I could think. Because, yeah, obviously he's already had this reaction to her. Maybe what you said is definitely the reason. But, like, in an in-universe perspective, maybe Michael just didn't realize that he'd have to relinquish his rights in order for him to be adopted. 
Yeah, I also think that could be it. Maybe he just doesn't completely understand the legalities of it. The like, yeah. oh, you're actually signing away your rights, not just like verbally saying, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah, because Susan and Brian, you know, they're lawyers and Michael is not. So he's kind of trying to play catch up. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. But I do think it's mainly just because it's not, you can't watch reruns. But I think there's a way they could have done it where Michael knows and you're catching up the audience. You know what yeah. I mean? Maybe like a previously on Lost moment. Well, but no, the the lawyer could have said, she wants you to relinquish your parental rights. And he would have been like, I know, and I'm not going to do that. And he could still have the reaction right. while still knowing already. Yeah, that would make more sense. Michael asks if there's anything that they can do to stop them from leaving. And his lawyer tells him that they could file an injunction and Michael tells him to do it. The lawyer tells Michael that even at his low rates, this is going to cost a lot of money. And this is essentially David versus Goliath. And Michael says he's not going to lose Walt. Thoughts? I don't really have thoughts. I just think that it was kind of sad and like you're sitting there and we obviously know that it's not gonna accomplish anything but it's just sad to see that he was trying he just doesn't really know how to try and he doesn't realize how much money and time and effort that these things actually take i mean he got shafted here he's going up against a lawyer i don't love that word he got screwed here i guess it means the same thing Back in the ocean, Michaelton continues to call for Walt, and Sawyer tells him to save his energy. Michael says that they took his son, and Sawyer says he's likely not within shouting distance because of the boat. Michael says that the only thing he has right now is that maybe Walt can hear him and know that he is alive and coming for him, and Sawyer does not fight him as he continues to call for Walt. If you ever find yourself on the Lost subreddit, you may find that people often make fun of how often Michael yells for Walt. And it is very frequent and very annoying. I mean, he's just a dad trying to find his son. Loudly. Yeah. I might have a controversial take about Michael this episode. I have some takes. I don't know if they're controversial. There's there's strong opinions. Locke reaches the bottom of the hatch and calls for Kate. He leaves his boots at the entrance to cut down on the noise, but also because he's polite. And also a sociopath, wet socks. Yeah. I, at this point, at this point, there's no dry socks on that island. It Ugh. rains like every day. That's why I could never play Survivor. Wet socks? I just wouldn't bring socks. Wet sandy socks? Couldn't do Kill it. Kill me. Looking around, he finds a fuse box, and on it, there's a very familiar-looking symbol. It's our logo! I said that in my notes. I saw it. Are you proud of me for noticing? I'm very proud of you. I like that you had to go all of season one just being like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I was just like, oh, that probably means something. (laughs) But inside of our logo is a picture of a swan. And the word Dharma. You didn't it's realize a it was swan? a swan. Jesus I Christ, <laughs> no, I thought it was a snake. It had a bill. 
What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I real I definitely thought that was a snake. <laughs> well, on this swan snake, the word dharma is written across it. I did see that. What do you think this is? It's got to be like the company or whatever that like set this whole shit up. Why a swan? That's a great idea. <laughs> Maybe they originally were going to have a swan farm, but they were like, ah, polar bears are better. Looking around, we see a lava lamp, a ping pong table, some books, some records, and Locke explores a little bit and finds simulated sunlight and Kate laying on the ground. Kate warns him that Desmond is behind him, and as he aims a gun at them, Desmond asks Locke if he is him. I don't understand how Kate got there. Desmond probably just dragged her there. And then just, like, left her as bait because he knew someone else was coming? Maybe he heard Locke, like, land mm. down and immediately call for Kate. So he's like, gotta hide real quick. I guess that makes sense. I want to take this opportunity to tell you that my pronouns are he, not him, because I'll never be him. I love that. You're going to confuse somebody who doesn't know what that is. You mean our like mom? If, yeah. You're going to confuse, I was going to say, our older relatives, and they're going to be like, ah, oh, God damn it, he's having a sex change. Sawyer calls for gin, and Michael asks, I thought we were supposed to save our energy. And Sawyer tells him that gin is still out there, so he's going to keep shouting. I wanted to punch Michael in the face. First of all, I'm like, finally, somebody cares about Jin. It was like Sawyer. I know he called for him earlier when like they were all separated, but it was like he got Michael and then he was there was like, oh, finally. What? There's a third person. Go get Jin. I was so mad. And then Michael's like, oh, I'm like, hey, dumbass. The logic was Walt's not there. Why are we calling for him? Jin is somewhere in this wreckage. Ugh. Could have punched him. Michael then immediately tells him that he feels guilty, he being Sawyer, because he made Michael fire the flare and alert the others to where they were. Sawyer is angry for being blamed, and then Michael directly blames Sawyer by saying it's his fault. And Sawyer says, well, at least Walt is on a boat while they're stuck on the ocean. Well, while they're stuck adrift. Michael then kicks Sawyer off the raft, or what's left of it. That raft that they're on, Sawyer found that and dragged Michael up onto it. How the hell is he going to go get off my raft? What? I Oh, you know what? Maybe he's saying my raft because he built the whole raft. That would make sense. But let's also not forget that Sawyer helped a little bit. Sawyer got the piece of the mast ready so they could leave. Sawyer dove into the ocean to retrieve the rudder. All ownership has been negated. Yeah, I'm going back to my original anger. Fuck you, Michael. Honestly, fuck him in this whole scene. And I get it. I understand that he just went through something horrible and he's mad. But you really have to learn how to deal with your anger, dude. Because Sawyer is not to blame. And he redeems himself later. Not really redeems himself, but like, you know, he gets through the anger. So that's fine. But right now, I'm pissed. Yeah. 
I mean, I am such a hypocrite when it comes to scenes and characters like this, because I take my anger out on whoever is next to me. And don't give me that look because you have done it too. Okay, but not as bad as you. Not as bad as, as me, sure. But at the same time, I recognize it's not healthy. So when I see a character do it, I'm like, what a piece of shit. I just, I hate it when characters do this. But at the same time, it's extremely realistic. But something bumps the raft. Michael grabs a piece of bamboo and Sawyer draws his gun. They're being circled by a shark, which is reason number 249 why they should not have gotten on that raft to begin with. Yeah. Michael comments that Sawyer held on to his gun and says that it won't even work because he was underwater. Sawyer checks the bullets and says the bullets are dry, so the powder is dry. But then the shark bumps the raft and he immediately drops half the bullets into the water. That was really annoying to me. Like, this is one of those things where in movies or shows, when something goes wrong because somebody is stupid, I just get so mad. And I'm like, I understand that these things need to happen for the show or the movie to continue. But like, don't be dumb. Like, I know, Dad, let's fight about it. The Big Lebowski is like, that whole movie is driven by stupidity. By just people being stupid. And like, if if someone would just not be a dumbass, then the movie would end like an hour earlier. But anyway, why? Why are you taking the bullets out? Like, oh, if they're dry, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know if you know this, but you're actually surrounded by water. So probably just leave them in their place. It's like any of the scream movies when they get the killer on his back and then they run away. It's like, no stab him. (laughs) Yeah. They then realize that it is in fact a shark. And Michael determines that it's following them because of Sawyer's constantly bleeding shoulder from his gunshot wound. Sawyer says, well, I guess I'll just stop bleeding then. (laughs) Which got a, a solid laugh out of me. I have a question. Yes. Is there any light source? Like, is the is the is there a fire from the raft or anything like that? I think it's just supposed to be the moon at this point. Okay, so we're gonna just call it a full moon. Yeah, because I'm like, how could they see anything? I just thought that right now. I guess we'll just we'll just say that the fire was still going. Well, let's say it's a full moon. Do you the the it's like uh. Bruce Almighty full moon where it's just like right up against them. Yeah, because how are they seeing shark fins and bullets and like all this shit? Well, do you want it to be like the last season of Game of Thrones where it's just pitch black? No, and I almost had to close my blinds just to watch the ocean scenes anyway. I didn't because I was too lazy to get up, but I was just asking. Sawyer asks if Michael forgot the reason why he had a bullet in him in the first place. And says that he should be thanked. Michael says that he was only trying to save himself. Sawyer says if he wants him off the raft so bad, he's got it. Paddles it closer to another piece of the raft and climbs onto that. After pulling himself on, he looks at Michael and says, I was trying to save your son. Did you look at Sawyer's face when he said that? Just anguish. Like so much pain and also so much just like, what I saw in his facial expression was like, why does everybody freaking hate me so much? Like, I'm just trying to help. Like, 
It's like, I just got shot in the shoulder trying to save your son and you're yelling at me and you think I'm, you still think I'm a horrible person. Like, that's what I saw on his face. I just have to say, Josh Holloway is such a good actor. What makes me really mad about Michael sometimes is Sawyer just told him, like, maybe within the last hour, what happened to his parents. And for the things that he says about, like, you don't know what it's like to care about someone else other than yourself. Maybe because his fucking parents were murder-suicide when he was eight. Yeah. And, like, the idea that Sawyer was only trying to save himself. Like, you can't just assume that maybe Sawyer's like, oh, I don't want this kid to lose both his parents like I did. Also, like, what evidence does Michael have that Sawyer was just trying to save himself? I, I just don't get it. Like, I understand he's just acting out of anger, but I just don't get it. Like, I think Michael's just not, like, an emotionally intelligent person, and that's why he just, like, attacks people around him. Yeah. If he wanted to save himself, he could have just made it. He could have just thrown Walt onto their boat and be like, take him. Yeah, he could have pushed freaking Michael into the ocean, said, take the kid. Don't fuck up my raft. Let me escape this island. But he didn't. Like, I, I just, whatever. And we obviously know that Michael knows that deep down. It's just really frustrating to see him doing that when Sawyer just got shot. Is Michael the worst here? The worst? Yeah. There's a, there's some elements of Susan in here where it's like, it's all about me. I mean, I don't, the worst compared to what? If Michael were to continue to be like this, would you like him or Charlie more? I'd still like him more because Michael at least has a reason. Like he lost his son and that's horrible. And nobody knows, we don't know how we would react in a situation like that. Yeah. Like we have said previously in this episode, we both fly off the handle over almost nothing. So I'm pretty sure Kate can attest to that as she has watched us scream at each other <laughs> on this podcast. So I feel like we really shouldn't be judging Michael so harshly. That's a good point. Speaking of judging people harshly, I'm going to judge people harshly in this next uh, flashback because I got some things that need saying. Okay. I'm assuming this is a deposition. I don't really know how legal shit works. But Susan's lawyer, who somehow is more unlikable than Susan, in my opinion, asks Michael when he last saw Walt. And Michael responds, about a year ago. She has to clarify that it was exactly 14 months ago, which to most people is about a year ago. Sorry, I think I'm a little it's worked a, up. I think it's a mediation. It's where you try to come to an agreement without, like, between your lawyers before going to court. Okay, that probably makes it's more still sense. still on the record, because obviously we have to have the stenographer there. But, yeah, I mean, this lady is a see you next Tuesday. I don't like to just throw that word around. It feels very harsh. I wish it was more socially acceptable, because it's a very fun word. It is in Australia. But, yeah, the Brits just fling it around like nobody's business, and I love that. But I have been told that I need to watch my language, so I'm not going to say it. But she is, and she makes Susan look like an angel, to be honest. And honestly, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. I didn't think Susan was that bad this episode. Not as bad as she was in the first episode. No, she was in. She's like got some moments in this one, though. I really came out swinging. Like, uh, I want her head on a stake. This episode, I just, 
I don't like her, but like, she wasn't that bad, but yeah, this lawyer is horrible. I understand why she has to do this. Susan's lawyer asks why it took him so long to see Walt again. And Michael says it was because Susan took him to Amsterdam for work. Lawyer says it's inconsistent of him to be filing an injunction this time. And Michael becomes frustrated saying that he didn't want her to take him, but he was told by Susan, there was nothing he could do. These types of scenes in shows make me really, really frustrated. And this one was no different where there's one person just kind of steamrolling the other person and the character that you're rooting for just can't put their words together, can't get out what they're trying to say. And you just want to scream for them. You just want to be like, it's so simple. Like just because he didn't go straight to court over her taking him the first time, but like, You know, she said that it was temporary. She said, let's just try it out, you know, but he's not saying any of these things and they don't know that. It's just so frustrating because it's the lawyers making him look so bad and that's her job. But you just want to like jump through the TV and be like, no, that's not what happened. You know, there's a deleted scene of Michael, like either driving home or in the shower is like, oh, I should have said this. Like we all do. (laughs) Yeah, but and his lawyer sucks too. His lawyer either doesn't have the information or just didn't say anything because he's like, oh, whatever, I'm a cheap lawyer, I guess. What's yeah. that word for like, doesn't matter. <laughs> she asks if he did do anything to stop her last time. And Michael's lawyer says he will not answer that. Susan's lawyer says that's because there is no answer, which struck me as odd. Because there is an answer. It's either yes or no. I don't know why she said it that way. Yeah, but I mean, I get what, I get what she's saying. She then asks about the accident and who paid for all his bills. And Michael tells Susan he never asked for anything. And he tells her to tell her counsel that he never asked for any of that. Michael's lawyer reels him back in with a little whispering in the ear. We don't know what it was said, but they always do that in legal stuff. With the biggest shit-eating grin in the world, Susan's lawyer asks if he knew what Walt's first words were. And at that point, I don't condone violence, but man, if, like, she would have gotten hit by a bus, I would have just loved that. That made me so mad. This is where I go back to hating Susan. He doesn't know Walt's first words because Susan was not keeping him involved. I mean, okay, you could say... He's not calling enough. He's not trying enough. But like if she had picked up the phone and called him and kept him in the loop about his son, your son said his first word today. He said mama or whatever. Then he would know those things. But I know that the counter to that is, well, he wasn't asking those questions. He didn't call. He didn't try. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? I'm going to say that the counter is wrong because we saw when Michael got hit by the car that he wanted to talk to Walt. And Susan directly said he doesn't talk. And Michael's like, well, I'll do all the talking. We can either infer that since the accident, because some time has passed, he's clearly out of the hospital now. Mike, Walt started talking or maybe Susan just fucking lied to him. But we saw him trying to make an effort. Yeah, that is true. She kind of resisted his efforts. So I'm going to go with Susan's a bitch and she deserves to die. I I just could not get over the shit eating grin that the lawyer had when she was asking these questions. She just like, I get it. It's her job. She just looked like she was taking pleasure 
and making him feel small and like a shit dad. Yeah, douche of the week for sure. Then she asks if he knows what Walt's favorite food is. Again, the answer is no. And she says, for someone who wants to maintain his parental rights, he doesn't seem to know anything about Walt. Which, like, it's a show. But that logic makes no fucking sense. It's like, oh, I wasn't able to stop her last time. So I'm trying to stop her this time. So maybe I can actually enjoy some of this shit. What What is that logic? Oh, it's like, oh, you're a bad parent in the past, so you... You aren't a parent. It's like, no, he's fucking trying. He's going to court so he can be with his son. I I don't, I don't know. I, I'm I'm getting worked up again. I could tell. All right, let's move on because I'm getting pissed off. Back on the rafts. Sawyer attempts to take the bullet out of his shoulder with his bare hand. And Michael calls him crazy and says it's not going to work. Sawyer says that he thought they parted ways, and Michael responds they're in the same current. He screams in pain as he pulls the bullet out of his shoulder, hand and shoulder covered in blood, and he throws the bullet into the water, and then looks at Michael and asks if he has a Band-Aid before falling onto his back. And this is going to be a weird question, but is he Hottie of the Week? (laughs) Hell yeah, he is. (laughs) Yes, of course he's Hottie of the Week. Is that even a question? It wasn't for this moment, was it? No, it was, like, just overall, it was, like, the wet, dripping hair and the, like, heroism. Nope, I said that weird. And the heroism? Hero- heroism. Ha- the heroics. The heroics. <laughs> it was the heroics. It was... The anguish in his face, the physical trauma. And in his own way, it was just him letting Michael have his moment of being a really shitty, I'm going to say friend, even though they're not really friends. Back at the hatch, Desmond asks Locke again if he is him, and Locke responds, yes. Desmond says that he cannot believe that he's finally here, and probably the most Locke answer. Here I am. Desmond asks who Kate is, and Locke says that she is with him. Then he asks Locke, what did one snowman say to the other? Locke says he doesn't know what he's talking about, and Desmond realizes that Locke is lying. He has Kate take the knife from Locke, and then he asks who they are. Kate explains that they were in a plane crash. Locke says it was 44 days ago, and that seemed to have struck a nerve with Desmond. I thought so. I put that in my notes. 44 days ago seemed to be, like, relevant to him. He was like, oh, that's a cool winky dink. And I'm going to say it right now. 44 days ago, I think he forgot to enter the code. And he accidentally activated the giant magnet that that pulled the plane down to the island. And that's why the plane crashed because he was like, had the runs or something. And so he couldn't get off the toilet to go into the number. Yep. Mm hmm. <laughs> Just imagining him running through the hatch, yeah. pants around his, his ankles. Pants around his ankles. And he's like, ah, oh, no, I didn't even get to wipe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nailed it. 
But what did one snowman say to the other, Lauren? Mm, Burr. It's cold in here. There must be some tourists. No. Like smells that. like carrots. <laughs> I get it. Who do you think Desmond is looking for? Someone to relieve him. That's what I my guess is. Like, whoever's supposed to come take his spot so that he can, like, be free. Or maybe, like, the leader. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you come do this, and then, like, the supervisor or whatever is going to come. So that somebody to do with something. Well put, as always. Yes. Desmond makes them walk into the kitchen area and they see a wall with tallies on it. Locke asks how long he's been down there and he tells him to shut up. Desmond tells Kate to tie up Locke, but then Locke throws Kate under the bus saying that she is a fugitive and he is a regional collections manager for a box company. Desmond decides to tie Kate up and Locke slips a knife into her pocket and ties her up and they throw her into a closet. Thoughts on Locke's move here if throwing Kate under the bus? Uh, I mean, I pretty much knew what he was doing, so. <laughs> the look on Kate's face before she, like, put it together <laughs> was gold. <laughs> yeah, she was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> hey, do you remember that time we saw Jack said that he changed his mind? Well, we get to see it again. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, just a lot of reused footage in this episode. Mm-hmm. Claire asks Charlie what that was all about, and Charlie dodges it with a joke. Claire calls him out for always trying to be funny when he doesn't want to answer a question. I like that he was like, tries to be funny. It's like, you're not fucking funny, Charlie. You're just not. You know what? When she rolled her eyes, I thought she was rolling her eyes about Jack. (laughs) And I was like, same girl. (laughs) And then she was like, oh, it's because he's trying to be funny. And I was like, Same girl. (laughs) Charlie's making funny faces at Aaron and Claire asks about the Virgin Mary statue. Charlie says that he found it out of the jungle and then shoves Aaron into Claire's arms, telling her to be careful with the statue and takes it from her. Claire says that she didn't realize he was so religious and Charlie says he's not. It just might come in handy. You think it's going to come in handy for Charlie? Uh, no. What do you mean? (laughs) I mean, like, when I say, do you think he's going to come in handy? I, I mean, like, do you think he's going to relapse? Oh, I do think he's going to relapse, but I, I don't think that is a good thing. And I think something coming in handy is a good thing. <laughs> the fact that the statue is sealed means we'll be able to tell if he's used it or not. Unless he just, like, grabbed one of the broken ones and we haven't seen that. Yeah, I feel like him grabbing one that he has to break himself is, like, he's, like, really testing his own self-control. Yeah. He's like, I have to like actually shatter this to even look at the drugs. Not just this, a Virgin Mary statue. I couldn't do it. Uh, I'm not even religious. Would not bother me. But I do think I'm curious to see if I think the only people that know about the statues are Locke and Saeed, mm-hmm. which we did not even get Saeed this episode. I mean, we got like almost nobody, but. Uh, Sad. I and think in total we got eight characters. That's fine. But anyway. Nine if you count Desmond. I'm curious to see if maybe Locke or Saeed like see it and go, that's weird. Why do you have that? But Saeed wouldn't think of it, think about it, but Locke would. 
because I think Charlie can just say I'm Catholic and it's a Virgin Mary statue and blah, blah, blah. But Locke's going to be like, no. Yeah. Sawyer tells Michael it was not the flare that caused Walt to be taken. He says at first he thought they were fishermen or pirates, like Kate pointed out a few episodes back. I was editing that episode today and her little rant about pirates was making me laugh so hard. Sawyer says that he saw the boat and realized that a boat that small was not built for the open ocean. He says it had to have made port somewhere close, like the island. He says Danielle told them that the others were coming for the kid, and they must have come. Sawyer says that they found them because they were looking for Walt, but Michael says it was because of the flare. Michael tells Sawyer not to say Walt's name again, and Sawyer asks, what is he going to do? Splash me? Which then he does, and Sawyer flinching causes the raft pieces to break apart. So he swims to Michael's and pulls himself up. Again, that shoulder wound has just got to be on fire. I can yeah. barely get out of a pool without a bullet in my shoulder. I think that says more about you than it does about Sawyer. I really got to hit the gym. <laughs> but Sawyer tries to talk to Michael, and Michael just tells him to shut up and that he has no idea what it's like to care for someone else. And I feel like in this moment, it would work for it to be a Sawyer episode because then you just flash back to him caring about someone else that he eventually loses or something like that. Yeah, it's true. Then we get a flashback. And at the top, I'm just going to ask, did Susan gaslight him here? Actually, I'm not going to lie. I don't fully remember everything she said, but from my memory... I was just kind of like, mm, she's right. Like, if everything she's saying is accurate, the only thing I didn't like about what she said was she was like, you just need to focus on you and your art. Like, you have such talent as an uh, artist. Shut up. But the part about uh, you're going to get evicted, you don't have steady work, like those types of things, that is true. Like, I don't really know how he expects to, like, raise a child now granted my whole job is helping people like that figure out how to raise a child so send them my way I'll be your educator but like it is possible but I don't know why the thing that I think this isn't gaslighting but I would say manipulation is her being like I think you're gonna win yeah no way in hell was he gonna win no way because her lawyer is a freaking, what's the word? I was going to say bobcat, and that is lion? not what I was. Lion. <laughs> I was thinking of the wrong animal. Her lawyer is a goddamn bobcat was, in the jungle. I was thinking in my head, I was going, wildcat? Wolf? Like I'm like, what animal am I wanting to compare her to? It doesn't matter. But... Like, her lawyer is on it, and his lawyer just doesn't give a shit. And also, like, they always side with moms, and he doesn't have steady work or, like, stable housing. So, of course, he's going to lose. So that was totally a manipulation tactic. But, no. Do I think it was gaslighting? No, I don't. Here's the thing. Let me quickly just say everything that happened before we go any further with this conversation. Because she she goes in there, he goes in there. She says, I think you're going to win. And I want to ask why he's doing this now. He says, Walt is his son 
And Susan asks, since when? And this is the part where I was like, are you just trying to like, is this revisionist history? The entire fucking time, Michael made an effort and you blocked him at every path. That's true. I definitely think that's true. Like, that is a little bit gaslighty because she's just trying to be like, you've never tried. You didn't care until now. And I think she's trying to make it sound like he only wants to be part of Walt's life because of, what's her fiance's name? Brian. Brian. Because of Brian, like, oh, now all of a sudden you want to step up because, like, I'm going to give Walt a real dad, whatever. And that that's really shitty because we've seen in all these flashbacks him trying so hard and her just being like, no. She says, I know you don't care about me, but I'm going to be a senior partner. And it's like, okay, humble brag. Yeah, that whatever. You then she's a senior partner in the United States. Like, you're telling ex- me. Exactly. That's my problem here. I, I don't know the details of the case. I don't know how the legal system works. But this could be a situation where he's only just saying, I just don't want them to leave the country. I'm not asking for sole custody. I'm not asking to split custody. I just like to be able to fucking see him on the weekend so I can be his father. I'm not asking to be the sole provider here. And maybe I can get back on my feet and find a job and not be evicted from my apartment. But I can do all those things with my son in the fucking country. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. Like, I don't really know what the legal system looks like in that case, because I feel like there's probably not very many cases of people just wanting to straight up leave the country with their kid and not letting the other parent have any rights at all. Like, this is what's so frustrating about her. She's just so selfish. But in her mind, she's like, whatever, Walt doesn't even need his real dad because he's got Brian, who we obviously see fails him miserably. We don't we never talk about it, but Brian's probably got to be thinking, I got that kid killed. No, I don't think Brian gives a shit. Brian probably didn't even follow up to see if their flight landed. Damn, that's a shame that that flight to L.A. crashed. But no one knows anybody's flights numbers. Right? Brian is flirting with his secretary at the law office. Brian does not care about Walt, about anything. Susan tells Michael the first thing he needs to do is take care of himself so he can get back to pursuing his art because he's just so talented. Dumb. That part made me mad. She says he won't be able to do any of this if Walt is his responsibility. Michael says he will do it by doing it and that Walt is his responsibility too. She says if that's the case, he should let him go. She says it's not about her or him. It's about Walt. And she pushes the papers to sign towards Michael and asks him to just let him go. And here's the thing. She can say it's not about him or her. It's about Walt all she wants. She would be able to find that kind of job in the States. Doesn't necessarily have to be in New York. Could be anywhere but probably would have no problem finding it in New York because of how big the city is. This is about her. It's about the job that she wants in Rome. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm glad Susan's dead. (laughs) Wow. I would never say that. Back in the hatch, Kate struggles to get her hands free and in front of her. And while I watched her do this, I was like, I would never be able to like slip the the cuffs or whatever under my legs and like get them in front of me. I want to try that. For the love of God, Lauren, please, please try this and film it. I want Uh, this as a TikTok. Okay. I'm going to do that. 
Uh, I'm just going to have to probably have Andrew record me, or I guess I could just set the phone up, but you're probably going to see my dogs attack me, but I would need somebody to tie my hands together. Okay. I'll have Andrew help me with it, but yeah, tune into our TikTok at laurengetslaws.pod to see me try to do that. I cannot wait for this. I'm going to hold you to this. I, I feel like I could. Oh, my ass is too big. I'm just trying to practice. Okay. I definitely, I'll figure it out. I don't even have a big ass. This, just, this, this is why Kate's ass is so flat, because she's always doing this. Benefits of a flat ass. She gets her hands in front of her and cuts herself free. Then she finds a light and realizes that she's locked in the food storage. There are just shelves and shelves of food, all with the Dharma logo. When I tell you, one, when I watched this episode, I hadn't eaten all day. I was so hungry looking at that. And I'm like, I'm in a house like with food. I've got Chipotle leftovers in the fridge. Also, I would have chowed down if I was her. The fact that she even like looked at the vent and thought about anything before she was just opening jars. Like I saw the applesauce. I was like, I just be like, oh, 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 oh. applesauce. <laughs> Flip that. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even like that big of a fan of applesauce i just saw that one and i was like that'd be easy to just like eat really fast <laughs> please don't do that to me please don't we might have to make this a video podcast soon <laughs> please don't this is gonna be like the one tiktok that gets more than 500 views and it's just gonna go viral of me just being like ah. <laughs> please don't please don't do that to me I'll call you on the day. <laughs> you ever put up the video that I sent you? You didn't even respond to the fact that I sent it to you. Yeah, I ended up not going with it. It was just so long. There's still time. No, I mean, you don't have to. I just, honestly, every time I watch it, I laugh so hard. But it's because I know where I was at mentally I mean, on your that birthday's day. coming up. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, listen, no. Listen to me, no, no. No, please, no. Every year, Zane posts a horrible picture or like 10 horrible pictures of me on Instagram, but like from his personal account where everybody we know can see it. I am begging you. I will quit <laughs> this podcast. If you post that on your personal thing, I'll kill myself. On my personal thing, I will not post it. Oh my God. I just realized that this podcast gives you so much more access to me making dumb faces. Is this like the real reason you wanted to make this podcast? I have been stockpiling images. No, you have not. Oh, I'll kill. I'll kill myself. Yeah, I'll post one on the on the podcast's Instagram as well. So if you want to see an example of the, of the pictures I post of Lauren, check out our Instagram for a really bad photo. By the time this episode's come out, it's actually past my birthday. A quick story real quick related to that one year it was actually the first year i lived in california um you posted a really bad picture of me for my birthday as per usual and i opened it at work and i looked at it on my desk and i just started cracking up laughing and uh my coworker sitting next to me is stephanie i think she still listens uh this is another test and She's like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, oh, this picture my brother posted to me, like every year he posts a really bad picture of me. And she was like, why? Like just randomly. And I was like, oh no, it, it's my birthday. He does it every year on my birthday. And she was like, 
oh, happy birthday. And then just casually gets up and walks back to my boss's office. And then like an hour later, they come back with a cake and balloons. Like, happy birthday. We totally knew it was your birthday. And I was like, <laughs> it was very nice of them. And I hadn't worked there for very long. So it was very funny to me. But um, shout out to it, Stephanie. I still remember you doing that. That was very nice. <laughs> Where were we? I have no idea. Um. Oh, she finds the she finds the uh, Apollo bars as she tries to crawl out, and she eats one, and then stuffs like ten in her pockets. Which, like, she crawls into an air vent. It's got to be hot. That's melting all over her. You think the air vent would be hot on an island where they're sweating all the time? They're underground. Okay, but it'd be like air conditioning. I still feel like crawling through an air vent. Like, I don't think spaces. it'd be hot. I don't think it'd be hot. And if you think that a melty candy bar is, she's on an island and she's been eating like fish and fruit for 44 days. You think she's like, oh, this candy bar is a little bit melted from being in my pocket. I'm not going to eat it. No, I'm not saying don't eat it. I'm just saying like, what if like you get some, like you and me, we worked in the McCafe section of a McDonald's. We know what it's like to be covered head to toe and sticky. You really want that? It's, it's in a wrapper. What is happening? What do you, have you never tried to eat a, a melted candy bar? That shit gets everywhere. She has a whole fucking ocean. She can wash her hands. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How are you eating a melted candy bar? Because for me, it just gets like these two fingers messy. I eat it the same way you eat applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Locke tells Desmond the story about the plane crash, and Desmond is happy to know that the world is still out there, which is a weird thing to say. Then they introduce themselves to each other, and Locke says the gun is not necessary. Desmond asks how many of them there are. Locke tells them about the raft, and Locke asks if the simulated sunlight is because Desmond never leaves. Desmond avoids the question and asks if anyone has gotten sick. Locke asks if that is the reason why the hash is quarantined and then tells him that no one has gotten sick. Once again, with this sickness thing. So Danielle's not crazy is what we're getting now. Like Two clearly. things can be true. Okay. Danielle is not imagining the sickness. The sickness is a real thing. I don't think Danielle's crazy. I have actually grown to really love Danielle as a character. Love Danielle too. She did kidnap a baby. Okay, I forgot about that when I said that I really love her as a character, but I don't care. I still love her. But okay, what I'm saying is now we know the sickness is a real thing, and I'm very curious about it. Her credibility has definitely gone up. The, the things that she said, sickness, others, both proven to be something. If it wasn't for the fact that she kidnapped that baby. <laughs> then the alarm starts going off, and Desmond makes Locke type in the numbers. He stops briefly when he hears Kate in the vents. But once all the numbers are typed in, he makes Locke hit execute. The alarm stops and the countdown clock goes to back goes back to 108. Then they hear Jack calling for Kate and Locke. But what oh. was that all about? Hold on. I just was 108. Is that what was graffitied on the wall? Yes. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Why did he have Locke type it in? Why not? Just hold lock at gunpoint and type it in. Like, he's got to be able to type it so fast at this point. Like, 
I don't know, like holding a rifle with one hand and typing like your eyes are off. Block. I knew you I literally knew you were going to say that. And so I thought about it. I'd be like, OK, if I'm Desmond, I'm going to have Locke get down on the ground, star fishing, like face down on the ground. And I'm going to type one number. Look at him. One number. Look at him. One number. He's not going to be able to make any sudden movements. He makes a sudden movement. Bam! Shoot him in the head. I already thought about just, it. That's what I would do. Could just have Locke do it. But why is the question? Because it'd probably be easier than starfish no, one number. <laughs> I don't feel like it's that hard. And also, Desmond seems really stressed about this whole process. And I feel like if you just do it yourself, then you'll know it's done right, you know? What is this whole process? I have no idea, but I'm telling you that if they don't do it, then a giant magnet is activated and it will pull planes from the sky. Is it, it's like the top of the island's volcano open up and like a magnet just comes out of the... Yes, and you know who's behind all of this? The polar bear Do- king? No, Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Oh. Mom's gonna be like, who the hell is Dr. Doofenshmirtz? I can't even say it. You remember Miss Franzosa? Oh my God. Okay, another story. We have a lot of stories today. When I was in elementary school, I was very smart. I was in the gifted program and the leader of the gifted program was Mrs. Franzosa. But for some reason, Zane called her. No, I, I, I'm messing up my own story. I guess I didn't like her for some reason. And I called her Mrs. Franz Fartface. And then when Zane got older and then had her for some reason, he told her that I called her Mrs. Franz Fartface. Was she the leader of the gifted program? Yeah. What was she for you? A teacher? No, I just thought I was like behind in my reading because she'd pull me out and we'd read different books. No, she was the leader of the gifted program. I'm not going to lie. All this time, I thought I had like a reading disability. (laughs) No, they used to pull me out too because I was smarter than the rest of the kids. Shit. I just told Kate the other day that I was behind on my reading level. Turns out I was ahead. Don't let it go to your head. Well, Desmond pushes Locke over to the telescopes and asks who Jack is. When he sees that Jack has a gun, he starts the music. In the vents, Kate calls for Jack, but he cannot hear her. Then we see the ending of the last episode play out from Kate's perspective, including the bullet that almost hit Kate in the face. Back on the raft pieces, Sawyer spots a piece of the pontoon, which made me think of the song, On a Pontoon. Nice. And they start swimming, or Sawyer starts swimming over to it. Michael tells him that he's putting too much stress on the vines, and then the raft breaks up. Michael tries to pull Sawyer back up, but Sawyer says if he does so, they will both sink, just like Titanic. But there have been so many people that have busted that myth, they could have both fit on that door. They literally, in the movie, try. He tries to crawl up, and the door immediately sinks. Okay, tell that to Mythbusters. Mythbusters is not always right. Oh, how dare you? I just remember watching that episode of them trying to bust the myth that if you fall off the Golden Gate Bridge and throw a hammer into the water, it breaks the surface tension so you can go through. Okay. You're making a face. Look that up. It's, it's interesting. Anyway... Sawyer says he's going for the pontoon. The shark swims by, and if you look very closely, the shark has a familiar logo tattooed on its tail. 
You're joking. Nope. No, it doesn't. Are you lying? I am not. I'm sorry. I think you're lying to me. I'm not. It's the the same logo with the swan snake on it? Mm-hmm. What? Lauren, I figured you'd be happy. This might give a little credibility to your polar bear farm theory. I know. They need to go back and find that dead polar bear and see if it has a <laughs> tattoo. I am mind blown right now. How are people supposed to see that? I did not see that. And I was actually paying attention this time. It's a blink and you miss it moment. It must have blinked. <laughs> Sawyer hands Michael the gun and says, if you see that toothy son of a bitch, aim and squeeze. <laughs> Sawyer starts swimming again. He's just like flailing around in the water, screaming because of the pain in his shoulder. <laughs> The shark closes in on him. Michael pulls the trigger, and I don't know if the gun jammed or, like, the safety was on, but it doesn't work immediately for, like, two seconds of tension. But he finally gets the gun to work, and he just unloads in the damn thing. Eventually, he swims over to the pontoon, and he and Sawyer help each other climb up onto it and rest. We get our final flashback of the episode, where Michael meets Susan and baby Walt, And Susan apologizes for being late because they leave tomorrow and they were packing. I feel like Susan has a bad habit of, like, humble bragging every time she talks. Oh, is this a humble brag? It's like, when we leave tomorrow to go to Rome. I'm moving to Rome. That's not really a humble brag. He already knows they're leaving. I don't know. Anyway. Susan tells Walt to say hi. Michael struggles to say who he is, and he gives a polar bear toy. Hmm. Interesting. Michael tells him that they won't see each other for a while, but he will have a great life with Susan and Brian. Michael tells him that wherever he goes, his daddy loves him very much, and he always will. Then Susan apologizes because Walt is being shy, and Michael says it's okay. He gives Susan the gift and asks that she tell him It's from Michael at some point. Then Susan says goodbye and they leave. And we know that she did not do that. Yeah, probably not. She's probably like, uh, we didn't have room for it in our boxes. So I just threw it away. Yeah, it's just in a trash can about five feet away. Back on the island ish in the morning. Michael is crying when Sawyer wakes up. Sawyer asks if he is okay. Obvious answer is no. (laughs) And Michael says that it is in fact his fault. He says he never should have brought him on the raft. Finally catching up to us a few episodes ago. Yeah. Then he says that he is going to get his son back. And Sawyer sees the island and they realize that the current brought them back in. They wash up on shore and in the distance, Jin is shouting. He runs out of the jungle with his hands tied behind his back. Frantically yelling about something. They try to untie him. But he warns them about the others. They turn and see five of them approaching. And that is how the episode ends. When they walked out with all their like makeshift weapons, it looked like a scene from The Walking Dead, which I've never actually watched that show, but that's what Dad and I, when COVID started, we watched The Walking Dead, the first 10 seasons, because that was all that was out at that point. 
from season one to season 10, we watched that in like two weeks. Then we immediately turned around and watched Fear of the Walking Dead in like another week. And dad loved that show and that he hated it. And I have been trying to convince him to start a podcast with me when he retires of us basically doing the same thing, but for The Walking Dead and calling it The Walking Dave. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I'll be like one of those people that be like, well, I don't watch The Walking Dead, so I'm not going <laughs> to listen to your podcast. What were your thoughts on the uh, the reveal of Jin and these five mysterious people? Interesting. So they must have washed up on like a different part of the island, not obviously because they had like kind of circled around right right just is it the others question mark well they're definitely others yeah what do you think about michael accepting blame for what happened to walt i think i'm glad he got there so that he can stop yelling at sawyer should he have brought Walt on the raft? No, I don't think so. But I think he was doing what he thought was best. And I don't actually think he's to blame. Because to be honest, what we know and what they might even be able to figure out if Michael would actually listen to what Sawyer said, they were coming for the boy. So if they had stayed on the island, I still think they would have taken Walt. So, I mean, can't really blame Michael, but he's a parent and that's what he's going to do. Any final thoughts on the episode? You really liked last week. You were you were jazzed about the episode. Similar feelings to this one, or was this one a bit of a letdown? It wasn't a letdown. I liked it, but it was just more of like, well, with the hatch stuff, it's just like a lot of recap. And then I think this episode was more about emotions and people coping with things and less about actually like, Pushing the storyline. Speaking of the storyline, next week. It, it's a Kate episode, right? Because no. Kate. No. When's Kate coming? Next week. You s- but I thought it was Kate, Kate is episode. coming because this is an episode that I really enjoy. And there's something I want to discuss. And I feel like we're going to need a mediator. Oh, God. Not really. I feel. I, I think we're all going to have the same opinion, but I want Kate's voice to be heard. Also, uh, she's funnier than we are. I'm funny. So that's your only hint. It's not a Kate episode. Okay. Then I'm going to guess Locke. In Christ. Am I right? Yep. Yeah, because you said you really like this episode. Oh, I like all the characters. Yeah, but that was why I guessed it, and I'm right. So, (laughs) the episode title title is Orientation, and it's a personal favorite. You should be excited too, Lauren, since you have such a crush on Locke. Okay, I'm actually going to kill you. If you (laughs) keep putting shit on TikTok about how I'm obsessed with Locke, it's not even true at all. I am going to a call to all of our listeners and our followers on TikTok. Please go and comment on everything that Zane has said that I love Locke on and say, that's not true, Zane. You're dumb and no one likes you. Quote that exactly is what you need to say. And then you'll get, you'll get uh, blocked for bullying because we don't tolerate bullying. 
<laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. But if you can't. Anyone, if anyone comments, that's not true, Zane. You're dumb. You're getting shout out on the podcast. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. In order to do that, you need to find us on TikTok at Lauren Gets Lost dot pod. Or you can say that on Instagram, where I think they have a lot less strict bullying things. At Lauren Gets Lost Pod. Or on Twitter. I don't think they have rules anymore. At Lauren Gets Lost. You can also find us on Facebook. I don't think Facebook has rules either. Lauren Gets Lost Podcast. And just a reminder, if you head over to our TikTok, there should be a video of me trying to escape from having my hands tied behind my back. So get excited for that. In the meantime, please give us five stars wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. Talk about how I'm really funny and Zane's just there. If you really love our show and you're feeling super generous, you can use the link in the episode description to donate to the podcast. And you can also help us out by sharing us with your friends, your family, your shark tattoo guy. And that could be a guy who tattoos sharks or a guy that just has a tattoo of a shark. Whatever you want. But if it's just a guy and he doesn't have anything to do with sharks or tattoos, don't tell him. He doesn't deserve to know. No, tell him. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. You could tell him. And join us next week for season two, episode three, Orientation. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time. Okay, now I need you to show me the applesauce scene.